Hello and good morning, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Tuesday, December the 7th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life and love. I wish you God's warmth because, boy, if you are up here in Wisconsin, you're going to need it today as I look out and see that our lake is frozen this morning uh, when the sun came up. Um, okay, a couple of things. Yesterday, 22 minutes, too much. We're going to be moving toward the opposite direction. And point number two, yes, I do know how to spell believe. Uh, meant to talk about that yesterday. Uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, just look two titles ago. I do know how to spell it, but here's my problem. I didn't know to, uh, how to go back in and edit it after I didn't see that that's how I spelled it. So, yeah, I'm kind of a knothead, and, uh, and, and I guess be live is, uh, is what we get to, to live with here on that. So, hey, uh, wonderful gospel, and, and I can't just keep it to the gospel today because the first reading is, is so good. But, but of the same vein. So I'm going to tie it into one point today. And we also celebrate a feast day today, St. Ambrose. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about him. So that's the plan. Going to read out of the NAB version. That's the New American Bible. That's the one that we hear during our Masses. So uh, Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 to 14. Short gospel today. Matthew 18, 12 to 14, if you wish to follow along. Let's break open God's Word together, my friends. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, What is your opinion? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety-nine in the hills and go in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen, I say to you, he rejoices more over it than over the ninety-nine that did not stray. In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And this is one of those that it is such good news, right? And brothers and sisters, if we don't get the good news today, Meaning, if I don't get that good news today, or if you, I, I, I think we need, to, we need to engage our imagination within this. We need to hear this again, because it is so good. So here, here's what Jesus is saying. He's asking his disciples, I want to get your opinion. He's asking a question. If someone has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the other 99 in the hills and go in search of the stray? The answer, of course, is no. No, he wouldn't leave the 99. Why would you put the 99 in jeopardy toward whatever, uh, you know, whether that be wolf, whether that be coyote, whether that be whatever scavenger or, or other, other danger there would be lurking in those hills to go after the one? But what Jesus is talking about is the magnanimity of God, the particularity of God. Now, let me, let me spin that out. You and I know, brothers and sisters, that, that God loves humanity. 
Uh, he loves every one of us. Uh, and, and we know that because he sent Jesus Christ uh, in, in whose life and death and resurrection uh, is the, the Paschal mystery who showed us who God was and how God loved us. I mean, just yesterday, he showed us his great love for us in, in how he forgives our sins, whatever it is that cripples us and keeps us from walking wholly in and being who we are. All those things within us, those fears and those guilts and that shame and, and whatever, he he forgives that. He And, and not only that, he forgives us or, or, or he makes us new physically. He makes us new emotionally. He makes us new mentally, spiritually. He does all those things. But he loves us not only communally, he loves us particularly. Meaning you today, you specifically, he knows. He knows your name. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. He knows your situation. And he knows specifically with you what cripples you. And he knows when you are astray and when I am astray, he knows the fears that are in us. He knows what it is we are seeking. He knows what we're hiding. He knows um, what, what it is that, that keeps us from rejoining the other 99. He knows all of these things. Every, every particular thing about you, even those dark shadowy things that we don't like to admit even to ourselves, much less other people. He knows it. And do you know what? That doesn't keep him from coming after us. Don't believe me. Please don't. Believe the gospel. Brothers and sisters, he doesn't accidentally come after us because it's like we did something wrong and he doesn't know why we did it wrong. He doesn't know anything about our intentions or our our. Uh, you know, what drives us or all those. He knows all of it. He knows every bit about every specific part of who we are today. And he says, listen, what shepherd doesn't do this and go after them? And they answer, of course, none, nobody. And he says, no, I'm telling you who God is. Because the type of shepherd God is, he does go and search. And when he finds it, he says, I say to you, God rejoices more over it than over the 99 that did not. Remember Luke? We, we had this gospel reading not that long ago. In, in Luke's, he puts it on his shoulders, right? And he goes to the others and says, celebrate with me. God is magnanimous. God does not desire us to stay separate from each other, by the way, and from God's presence. He desires relationship. He desires us to walk holy. He desires us um, not to stay in our smallness. Isn't that what he says? In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost. Don't we feel that way when we're off on our own? When we're on shaky ground? When we, we don't feel firm? When, when we're off on our own, we feel lost and lonely and small. And he says, I don't want those little ones when we're feeling that way. I don't want you to remain that way because you're not made that way. 
Brothers and sisters, we're not made that way individually, and we're not made that way collectively. Let's speak to the collective here. And I want to go back to the first reading now. So this is, this is Isaiah, okay? It's Isaiah chapter 40. Why is that important? Because, uh, and I'm not going to get into super big history of it, but the idea is that there were three different writers under the pseudonym of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah chapter 1, or excuse me, first Isaiah, the first one, was chapters 1 through 39. And, and this Isaiah was speaking to the people before they went into the captivity in Babylon. And Isaiah chapter, well, not Isaiah chapter 2, second Isaiah, the second person to write under Isaiah's pseudonym, was writing to the people in captivity. That's what, what most uh, scholars believe, scripture scholars. So this would be the first chapter, Isaiah 40, of this second Isaiah speaking now, not to the people before they went into captivity, the Jewish people, when they felt like little ones, they felt lost, they felt alone, they were far from home, they were in exile, they didn't know who to turn to, they thought God had forgotten them, they thought God didn't care for them. Does that sound familiar in your life? It doesn't mind when I when I am lost and astray and away from myself and away from others and away from God. And so this is God speaking through Isaiah, second Isaiah, to the people in captivity who feel lost and abandoned and forgotten. Comfort. Give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Now, he's not speaking just to a city. He's speaking to the Jewish people collectively. Remember, our God loves us specifically, particularly, and he loves us collectively. Speak tenderly to the Jewish people, to Jerusalem, and proclaim to her that her service, meaning her exile, is at an end. Her guilt has been expiated. Them being in captivity was not God's way of saying, well, you're guilty and I'm going to punish you and you go off to that corner of called Babylon for 50 years. It was a result of their sin that they were there, not because God was punishing them, but because that's where their sin led them. And he's saying, you know what? I don't want you to stay in that space because of that. Yeah, you did wrong, but it's time to bring you out. Tell her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. And this is where it gets, you're going to understand, or you're going to recognize this. A voice cries out, in the desert prepare the way of the Lord. Now we just heard that from John, right? We hear that every Advent from John the Baptist because he speaks and he takes the words of Isaiah, makes them different though. Because what we say in, in John the Baptist, when you hear it in the gospel, is a voice cries out in the desert, comma, prepare the way of the Lord. Meaning he's the one in the desert, comma, and he's saying prepare the way of the Lord. But that's not what Isaiah is saying. Isaiah is saying a voice cries out, comma, in the desert prepare a way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. You know what? Before we were talking about this, every valley has to be filled in, every mountain has to be made low, so God can come quickly to us. Because our whatever it is that cripples us, that keeps us from God, those create mountains and valleys, so God can't come to us. And so we have to level those. We have to, to present them to God so God can level them, so God can come to us. But that's not what Isaiah is talking about here. 
Isaiah is talking about how those mountains and hills need to be made low so the people can go back home, so that lost sheep can return to the fold. It works both ways. Brothers and sisters, our God does not desire us to be in exile, individually or collectively. Our God weeps over the situation today. But here's what I know. Here's what I know to be true. If God loves us with an abundance, with a reckless love, and God loves us particularly and specifically as well as collectively, and he desires every obstacle to be made low so that we can be communally together as as a family, as spouses, as church, as a country, as a world. And he does, by the way. If God invites that, how do we play a part in that? Because then, brothers and sisters, we have to love not only collectively, but specifically. We have to love not only communally, but particularly. And, and it can be easy. I think it's much easier to love collectively, to say, I love the country, or I love uh, you know, the world, than it is to love specifically and say, well, then what are you doing on behalf of the world or on behalf of the country to unify it? What are you doing on behalf of the church to unify it right now? How do you love, uh, you know, it's easy to love the, the, the entire city, but how are you loving your neighbor who annoys the heck out of you, right? How do we love our spouse? We can, we can fall in love with the idea of love. We see it every time we watch a movie, right? Looks easy. But how do you, how do, you do it when our spouse has, um, has hurt us? Because we're called to love not only communally and collectively, we're called to love specifically and particularly. And when, my friends, we are off on our own and we feel lost and we feel small and little and abandoned and forgotten, our God comes to us. So we must walk out and go to others. That's the deal. That's the deal. We can't do it without being loved first. Allow yourself today to be loved specifically, recklessly, abandonedly. Our God loves us in this moment specifically here now so we can be brought together communally and work toward the the building of the kingdom. But we play that same role. We play that same role. Let's talk Ambrose just for a moment. Um, Ambrose is one of the four great doctors of the Western church. Now we've got, what, 35-ish doctors of the church uh, that doesn't mean the others are lesser. Hey, listen, if you're a doctor of the church, <laughs> you, you're pretty big time. Ambrose is one of the big time of the big time. Um, lived in the 4th century, about 60 years old, and, and when he passed away toward the end of the 4th century. But here's what we need to know about him. Ambrose was not somebody who uh, you had to wonder where they stood. You knew where they stood. Ambrose was not only highly intelligent, intelligent, he was highly passionate. And, um, and, and he w- created enemies that way. Um, he was not afraid to stand before the emperor, not once, one emperor, but two different emperors, and tell them they were wrong in doing what they were doing, and stand in front of them, not only to tell them that, but also to stand in front of their armies, when one of them wanted to take away two of his churches 
uh, and give it to a, to a heretical sect, the Arians. And um, he created enemies that way. But didn't Paul do the same? Didn't Jesus do the same? He knew right and wrong, and he stood strongly for the right. Uh, and, and perhaps one of his greatest things was he is perhaps mostly, uh, maybe greater than anyone on this side of St. Monica, responsible for the conversion of St. Augustine, who, when we're talking about the great doctors of the Western Church, may be number one. Um, and, uh, and he not only helped as a, as a mentor for Augustine, he did for St. Monica as well, who was, of course, Augustine's mother. Uh, an incredible person who deserves far more than what I just gave. But uh, let's ask for St. Ambrose and his passion to flow through us today as well. Let's pray. So we continue, my friends, through the Sorrowful Mysteries. And let's begin with the sign of our faith in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second sorrowful mystery, the scourging at the pillar. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. <clears throat> blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. <clears throat> Let's, this is awful. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. St. Ambrose, pray for us. 
I think that's God's way of saying, Joe, you, you went too long. I'm shutting down the voice. So <laughs> there we go. My friends, bless you. Have, a, have the best Tuesday. And uh, look forward to breaking open more of God's word tomorrow. God's peace.